heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. Rodney Scott, the former Border Patrol chief, uh, warned that President Biden's handling of the surge of illegal immigrants at the southern border has caused more than a humanitarian crisis. It's also created a national security threat. And he says, and I quote, I firmly believe that it is a national security crisis. Immigration is just a subcomponent of it. And right now, it's just a cover for massive amounts of smuggling going across the Southwest border to include TSDBs at a level we have never seen before. That's a real threat. And of course, he was referring to the FBI's terrorist screening database, the TSDBs. Now, The New York Post had reported uh, customs and border protection officials told Congress in March that four people, three from Yemen and one from Syria on the terror watch list, have been arrested at the border since October 1st. And and by the way, that press release about the arrest of the two from Yemen uh, that you might recall this story actually on the terror watch list was deleted from the uh, custom border protection website earlier this year, in fact. Now, with all this said, the Customs and Border Protection say this. Now, follow me on this. And I quote, while encounters of known and suspected terrorists at our borders are very uncommon, they underscore the importance of the critical work our agents carry out on a daily basis to vet all individuals encountered at our borders. Right. This is what they put in an email. This is from the spokespeople there at the uh, CBP. Okay. now, and I quote back here, DHS works with our international partners to share intelligence and other information, including to prevent individuals on the terrorist watch list from entering the United States. The CBP adjudicates individuals encountered at and between our ports of entry against several classified and unclassified databases to determine if they pose a threat to national security consistent with the law. Now, we'll we'll end right there with that quote, okay? Now, what's wrong with that picture? Let me start there and ask you that. What's, what's wrong with that picture? Anything at all? You know, and why are we even having this debate is the bigger question I want to put out with you right now. Why are we even having this debate? How, how silly is this? You know, their response, the Customs and Border Protection, uh, that, uh, you know, it's like, you know, consistent with the law. Well, first of all, terrorists and criminals and, and evil minded people don't give a rat's ass about the law. They don't follow a law. They don't even look at the law. And they certainly don't care about a law. And that's the number one. A lot of these cats don't really understand that concept. Criminals don't follow the law. The only thing laws do is they keep people that have uh, that are sane and, you know, our law abiding citizens in check. But the rest of them, (laughs) the law means nothing, people, nothing at all. I mean, let's be clear about that point. Number one. okay. And number two, this whole notion of they're going to check in with us. I mean, let's be rational about this a moment. I mean, 
How many evil-minded terrorists do you know are going to check in at the port? Well, we're here. Yeah, we, yeah, we're from Yemen. Yeah, no, 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 we're from Syria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We come from Iran, but we're here for you know goodwill, goodwill and peace towards all men. Yep, 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 yep. How many do you know do that? There isn't a single one of them, my friends, who are going to check in with anybody. And which brings you to the point of the porousness of our borders. I mean, it's like Swiss cheese and more of the holes than the part that's not. And the truth of the matter is, it's not just even the southern border, it's the northern border that nobody talks about as well coming in from Canada. And that's never talked about, by the way. And you know, you may find down the road here, that's gonna also be a massive problem because that's, that's a, it's a long border. And you know, the thing is, these borders go thousands and thousands of miles. We can't check every foot or every inch of this border. It's not possible, which means you have to have other means for seeking these people out. But it really is disturbing to me how the Customs and Border Protection say, well, you know, known and suspected terrorists at the border, uh, they underscore the importance of the critical work our agents. The agents don't even know where these people are. They don't check in with these people. I mean, the people that are caught, we have no idea who is coming over our borders. Does everybody understand that concept? We don't have a clue. And, and here's the thing that really, to double this whole thing down, you know, and, and we'll get more into this debate today here with Dr. James Mitchell in moments here, I'll tell you, but, you know, this whole thing, it's, it's, it's about impossible to wrap your mind around it because, you know, even, even if everything was square and we could find maybe most of these people or these bad cats coming in, or we go around and say, well, there's not too many right now. They, they'll always point out, well, there's only three or four or five. Of course, it only takes one, people. It only takes one. And no matter how, whether there's 500, whether there's 50, or whether there's five, it only takes one. I mean, you, you, you know, we, we have to be right 100% of the time, right? Is that how that goes? They don't. They just have to be right 1% of the time. The, the bad guys I'm talking about. Does that make sense? And the thing about this is these cats from all over the world are watching, uh, and, you know, and let me be clear with you, uh, America, we look like the Keystone cops over here right now to the world at, at large. You understand what I mean by that? You know, I mean, we, we really look like the Keystone cops and you know, we can't get out of our own way. And we just sit and fight with each other as, you know, two political parties would. And it's, it's remarkable that nobody really gets the concept. These evil people are watching everything that's happening here because everything is spotlighted all around the world. Now, if you're a terrorist coming from Yemen or Syria or Iran or whatever, China, Russia, it doesn't matter. Pick a bad spot, North Korea, I mean, wherever it's coming from, people. I mean, what are you going to do? Fly on United Airlines? You're going to check in at a port at the Mexico-U.S. border? You ain't got to do any of those things, you know, and, you, and you're certainly probably not going to hijack a plane again like 9-11. I mean, we, we've got a basically an open invitation here, people, and everybody knows it. Everybody on the planet knows that our borders are as porous as anything could be and that you can easily get into the United States of America. And my friends, that's been highlighted tremendously uh, since the new regime, since Biden has been in office for sure. Now, Trump called a lot of this out. He got into a lot of trouble with this uh, through the campaign and through, you know, his uh, uh, 
days in the White House. I mean, it, it was a sore spot for a lot of people. And, you know, these same people are going to be the ones crying in their milk when the next thing happens. And, you know, and a little bit later on, I want to talk about it's another interesting uh, report I'll get into a little bit later. Uh, it, it, but it's a good reminder, actually, to share with you all right now. 9-11 uh, in the U.S.-Mexico border, new challenges 20 years later. Interesting report that came out of Mexico today. And Brookings ran a rerun on this story. And I thought this was really interesting um, because, you know, 9-11 happened. And we were like aghast, shocked, surprised. And sure, it could have been prevented people. But, you know, we were teaching them how to fly these little planes in our own country. And they were only interested in taking off. They were never interested in landing. And nobody even questioned this. I mean, th that's as I recall, that's where a lot of the claims back then. You know, a lot of that was avoidable, too. But then you remember when that happened, the 9-11, and everybody was like, God, that can't happen here. It didn't happen here on the homeland. That doesn't ever happen here in the United States. The biggest terrorist attack ever on our homeland. Now people are wondering. And then, you know, why we're all, again, our attention is diverted with the shiny object syndrome. And we're all looking at COVID fever here as it sweeps the nation. And, you know, we're becoming more and more communist here at the homeland. You know, nobody's really talking about this anymore. Surely the Center for Immigration Studies and others have pointed out a lot of the economic problems and humanitarian problems and other problems with the open border. But terrorism coming through, I'm going to tell you this, my fellow Americans, there's going to be a price to pay for this. I absolutely believe there's going to be a price for pay. For, I, I, I'll give you my whole heart on it right now. It's going to be a price to pay for this. One day we'll look back and we'll remember this program we had today here. There's going to be a price to pay for this. And it's going to be a handsome price. Let's bring on now Dr. James Mitchell here. He's a PhD in clinical psychology, served 22 years in the United States Air Force, retired as a lieutenant colonel. Uh, I mean, you know Dr. Mitchell from the point that he was involved in the development of the CIA's enhanced interrogation program. He interrogated a lot of these bad cats uh, who were doing a lot of evil stuff, as I always talked about. His book, Enhanced Interrogation, is in the America Out Loud bookstore on Amazon. You can actually get it as you're listening to this on talk radio, right at the front page, even at America Out Loud. So, you know, Dr. Mitchell, I, I start with this view. I, and, you know, it, it almost I think about, you know, everything I set up here in the opening. But, you know, like, why are we even having this debate about you know, should we, shouldn't we? And now you see a lot of these reports, a lot of these cats are getting in. And the thing is, we don't even know how many are getting in. I suspect there's a whole litany of these folks already here is what I'm guessing that have come in from our poorest borders. What do you think on that? You have any knowledge of that? Do you have any thoughts? What does your gut tell you about that? Well, my gut tells me <laughs> that you know, you described uh, what the um, Homeland Security folks were saying about how they beefed up security at our ports of entry. And we've got, uh, as most of your listeners know, we've got facial recognition programs that are very, very sophisticated and biometrical ID programs that are very sophisticated. The problem with that, as you mentioned, is that these people who are coming in aren't likely to be using ports of entry. They're gonna be using the coyote system to come in so that they can sneak across the border without encountering uh, any kind of Homeland Security folks, any kind of uh, folks who are likely to detain them. And so that actually increases the risk 
of them attempting to get in through the southern border or through Canada, which has a number of ISIS and uh, uh, Al Qaeda affiliated groups up there. So it is a problem. And I think there are probably more people here than we are willing to uh, admit uh, publicly, the government, I mean. And, and the other issue I think that is happening is that, you know, we're bringing in all of these refugees from Afghanistan and other places where we've essentially abandoned our principles. And a lot of times the people that we're bringing in do not share our values. You know, they have values that are inconsistent with the American way of life. And they have a negative effect, not just in terms of the economy, like the Center for Integration might point out, but they have a negative effect on what we think of normally as crimes, because what, you know, they believe, for example, that female genital mutilation is okay. And that if a woman isn't completely encased in some sort of black bag, we call a burqa, that it's okay to assault them. And that if a woman is raped, the woman is to blame and she's the one. Those are values that are inconsistent with American values. And we do nothing to monitor them and we do nothing to change them. So I think we do increase our risk of being exposed to terrorism, but at the same time, we increase the risk of just bringing more crime into the country because our leaders, especially those on the left, the progressive leaders on the left who want us to be more socialist, in my view, and this is my personal view, they're derelict in their constitutional required duties to protect our borders. Yeah. I mean, you know, we talk about the humanitarian aspect, but really the drugs, the cartels, as you say, human trafficking, sexual perversion, all of that stuff. It, well, that's that's pretty obvious, that stuff there. Even if you were willing to accept all that stuff, you talk about values there, uh, Dr. Mitchell, you know, OK, values. Even if you're willing to accept all that, the one deal changer and game changer in all of this is the terrorist mind, the mind of a terrorist and what their objective is. What makes these people so dangerous? And you've seen this firsthand, Jim, is the fact that, you know, they have no value of life. Let's talk about values. These people live to die. They're going to go to, you know, their version of heaven with the virgins and all of this stuff. And they feel very strong about it. And the fact of the matter is, if you're willing to throw your life into that category, that, that throws all the rules out the window. What really gets me is how the media debate these kinds of things. It, it gets into my skin so bad when you hear some of these talking heads out there talk about this in such an ignorant fashion and like it doesn't really matter or they talk about the things like you say of human rights or that it's inhumane to have a secure border somehow or that the united states is supposed to be the uh, the uh, uh whatever it is the um I don't know, the, the the mud bath for the entire world that you're able to just come in whenever you want. And somehow we have some sort of an obligation uh, to the world to not have secure borders. These people, this is the story they put out there. And it, it just really is disturbing that, you know, there. How, how can anybody sensible or common sense, Jim, have this conversation that we're not at high risk because you we just talked about Canada here. I'm telling you right now, and I, I even wonder this, but I'll bet you the next uh, 
cataclysmic, uh, cataclysmic event we have here probably isn't even going to be from the southern border. And I'm just saying that, putting out there, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see it come from the Canadian border because nobody ever talks about it. And I've known, I've followed that over the years, and there are many reports of, of, of that being compromised. And because there's no spotlight on it, it's easily to be able to be compromised and those folks get into our country. Jim, you know, I look at this in our whole world where we're at here. You know, we say how many are here and we don't really know how many are here already. We have no clue. I mean, I'm guessing it could be, surely I'm thinking it's at least hundreds, could be thousands, because this thing has been building a lot. Of, but let's talk about how these people operate. My guess is they're very, very patient. Uh, the biggest thing we have going is communication because we can, uh, you know, they tap into any communications, but they're always trying to figure out ways to communicate without going through the normal means. And if they pull that off, then they're going to be successful with the next 9-11 type event, which I think is headed our way uh, coming soon. But talk about that from this spark of what it would take for something to percolate here in our country, uh, right? Uh, what would it take? back to the communication of these people, having a widespread event, having what we've seen before. I mean, aren't we kind of ripe for that at some point to head here? I think we are at increased risk. And part of what brings us at increased risk is, is the way they think that is differently than our the way we think. Remember that beliefs drive behaviors. And so, you know, at, one of the things that I learned when I was dealing with the 9-11 terrorists is that they believe that our civil liberties are weaknesses that were put in place by Allah so that they could defeat us, that our civil liberties and our Bill of Rights and that our openness to immigration from other cultures and the, the notion that we would like other people in the world to like us and that we should be tolerant of religious freedom and especially our political correctness that all of those things are levers that they can use to put themselves in a position so that they can launch an attack. And, and in fact, it was Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, the mastermind behind 9-11, who said that we might be able to be defeated by a single attack, but he didn't see that happening. That what he thought would happen is that they would immigrate into our country and then just outbreed us that they would lap, wrap themselves in our civil liberties to protect themselves, that we would support them on our welfare while they undermined our society, that they would spread their jihadist ideology and then rise up either as individuals or as a group to attack us from within. That's the mindset that some of these folks are bringing in to it. It's not just that they don't share our notion that there's a bill of rights that everyone has, that, that all people are created equal, that, you know, we should have a free, a free market economy and that there should be a constitutional government that allows people to uh, develop their individual talents. They actually think that the stuff that you own, the material that you've worked hard to get, Allah put there so that they could take it when they want it. Remember, this religion evolved around those times when people were raiding uh, caravans, and that's gotten worked into uh, the, the religious undertones of that particular religion. And so it is not just that, it is not that they come to the United States wanting to be an American. The people who we need to be concerned about are coming to the United States and want to use those 
opportunities that are available in the United States to set up an enclave so that they can continue to operate the way they operated in the crappy place that they're fleeing from. Not everyone is like that, but the folks that you're talking about are. Yeah, right. I mean, but there's enough of them out there. You say so many important things there. Uh, And the only reason, I mean, because of your uh, real world experience and the fact that you've dealt with these these evil people, you 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 were, you know, as we talked about up front, I mean, you, you interrogated these cats and you know what's in their mind and being a, a man of psychology as well, it's always one of the fascinating things I see about you. But I think one of the most brilliant things you just said, I think everybody needs to pay attention and stand up right now and understand, you know, using our civil liberties against us. Isn't that the case? I mean, think about how insane this is. And it, now, the, the, let's talk about that point about using our civil liberties against us. And then you think, uh, Dr. Mitchell, about the left and the way they, uh, uh, you know, the way they do this, the way they allow those civil liberties to be used against us. You know, I'm al- I always wonder this, you know, because I, I just, it's not that they're stupid people. I, I'm talking about the left who believe this stuff. Um, I, I don't think, but yet I, I do wonder, you know, what I, I, you know, I always think about this as an interesting way to look at it. Like, what's the look on their face when something happens in their life or with their loved ones based on the conversation you and I are having right now? And I wonder how important those civil liberties are to those people based on this uh, carefree attitude about, you know, it doesn't really matter. Let's just not you know, they don't seem to grasp or understand that we're fighting an evil enemy here that has one goal. And that goal is pretty clear. It's to see us dead uh, unless we succumb to their way of life. So I, I find this is really, it's hard to wrap one's mind around this and understand, you know, you talk about intelligence or stupidity. What is it with these people? You're, you're a psychology guy. What is it with these people Dr. Mitchell, that they don't really get about this, or do they get it and they're just totally out to lunch? I, mean, I, I really don't understand it. Well, I've mentioned this before, I think, on your program. There's a comedian, Adam Carolla, who talks about the government in terms of stupid or liars. If they believe, actually believe some of the things that they say, they're too stupid to be in their position. But oddly enough, I think they're probably liars. I think that the left wants to establish a permanent underclass that they can manipulate with promises that they never intend to keep Mm -hmm. so that they can stay in power. And they're willing to mortgage your children's futures through some sort of social engineering, bringing in a bunch of illegal aliens and allowing them amnesty because they know their children will be able to vote it sometimes. And they are hoping that they will have this obligation to keep them in power. And, the real risk. I mean, it, it, the, uh, the probability of a terrorist attack is it, a single terrorist attack is relatively high. Multiple terrorist attacks, of course, the probability probably goes down, mm-hmm. but it only takes a lone wolf. In fact, if you look at the pattern of terrorist attacks in Europe, uh, in the, uh, uh, in Europe for the last year for 2021, mm-hmm. there's been a handful of terror attacks, almost all of them. In fact, I think all of them were lone wolf attacks who were um, radicalized and uh, 
uh, operated alone based on the propaganda of ISIS and Al-Qaeda. Now, a handful of those people, in fact, most of those people came into the countries that they were in where they did the terror attacks as asylum seekers. And I know from having interrogated the, 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 you know, the people who were behind 9-11 that hiding your true intentions under the guise of being an asylum seeker is one way that they move their folks around like a cancer metastasizes from country to country because that gives them special status and it also allows them to receive support from the governments that they're seeking. Uh, How's this worked out in Sweden? How's it worked out for Belgium? How's it worked out for Germany? The sorts of things that we're seeing there are not super sophisticated attacks or even attacks like at 9-11. We're seeing people being clubbed with hammers and stabbed and ran over like like was in the parade recently. You know, they're running over people and they're and they're uh, killing people by bludgeoning them. And they're in the in the incidents where that occurs um, and it's a terror attack. It's almost always a lone wolf person who was inspired by these other organizations and chose to streak that out on their own. And so, you know, if you get a, a lone wolf guy who wants to stab a bunch of people in a shopping mall, uh, uh, then it, it, it's suggesting that, you know, we don't need to be concerned about huge uh, international terror groups is a moot point. You know, we've been fighting about immigration uh, and illegal immigration in our country for about ever, uh, Dr. Mitt, about ever. I mean, it's been going on for a long time, certainly as long as I can remember. And it seems like they never come together to solve the problem. They play ping pong back there with any real comprehensive immigration uh, program. Now, remember before 9-11, the lull that our country was in. And where we, you know, it's like having cold water thrown on your face with the shock of a 9-11. God, I remember that moment it happened. I remember the unsettlement in my in my system and being in front of the television screen and watching the events of that day, uh, being a patriot and, and being somebody who, who understood the importance of this. Of course, I was in corporate boardrooms at that point. And I remember he, seeing all this that day and getting in front of the television and just in total shock and disbelief that this had happened in our country and ready to do whatever we could do to strike back at these bastards. And, but I remember the lull, you know, Jim, that we were facing as a nation. And I thought to myself, why did we allow this sort of thing to happen? I mean, correct me on something. Let me make sure I'm not talking out of context. Do, do I remember correctly? or not, please, that when those pilots were training here in our nation, were they not, as I recall, reports that they were learning how to take off? And really, that was the focus. And there was some real odd things afterward we discovered, like there was never any point or measure to the lessons about landing the plane. That should have been an aha moment or what I call a V8 moment. Like, gee, why didn't I get that one? And many well, of these there, was a, there was that uh, that did happen, and, no. and but but it wasn't ignored. Uh, okay, there was a at that particular time there was a quote wall close quote between the CIA and the FBI, and they couldn't share intelligence inside of the United States, and so the FBI folks uh, noticed that these people were taking you know training to uh, take off but not to land. 
and the CIA knew that some people who were potential bad guys had snuck into the United States, but because of, of Bill Clinton's uh, wall between the intelligence agencies, um, they weren't able to share that information. Now, now what would happen is the people that were involved would like you to believe that it was some sort of a nefarious conspiracy on the part of the CIA, and they wouldn't tell the FBI who could have prevented this. Well, I think either one of them could have prevented it, uh, except that our, our Bill Clinton's administration, especially the Justice Department and the guys of Amy Gorlick, had uh, put in place this uh, edict that they couldn't share intelligence. So it's not quite as simple as the way you say it, but it, if you look at it as closely as, as I've looked at it, it's just as, well, it's just as counterproductive uh, and in many ways more so because they knew at some point people knew that there were a lot of folks in here doing uh, things that were suspicious. But there's an old saying, I think, that I think I may have mentioned to you before at some point, which is that hard men create soft times. Soft times create soft men. Mm. Soft men create hard times, and those hard times create hard men. And I think we're in the soft times piece of this thing. And the, the, the men and women who are growing up uh, with the benefit of the efforts that were made by the people after 9-11 uh, believe that the actual threat is a lot less than it, than it was. And part of that is because of the propaganda coming out of the established media, the, the progressive media, that these things are not really as dangerous uh, as we would like to think them, uh, as we sometimes think they are. Um, but I think that we're in the soft times and that, and that the soft men and women are now in control. And as Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, the mastermind behind 9-11 said, we will hurt you because you will not do the things that need to be done to stop us. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I mean, that says it right there, says it right there. And uh, what he said to you, what, what is duly noted now uh, is what's happening. Your point on the uh, FBI and CIA, the sharing information is very, very uh, valid. And you're right. Um, but now it's, it's funny because I would, you know, I was thinking as you were talking about that, what came to my mind is give a dog a bone and why I say give a dog a bone, because then the Patriot Act and all that changed with Bush thereafter. And then the NSA, and now they're on steroids. Now they're all talking and they're all seem to be against Americans. And now we gave the dog the bone and now we're being bitten in the ass by that bone. So I kind of have a problem with that as well. But there, I, I don't know. I'm not sure there's a happy medium there, is there? Well, I wish they would put as much effort into stopping illegal aliens coming across the border as they've put into declaring that soccer moms who don't want critical race theory and weird sexual practices taught in grammar school to their kids. Those people are not domestic terrorists, but they use some of the same techniques and same procedures to identify those folks and to track those folks. And that's just, in my view, not just wrong but misguided because it takes your uh, attention away from the ones who are actual, I think, actual risks. I mean, just think about an American suburb for a moment. 
most people would not let an outlaw biker gang move in with them because they just don't share your values. And if that outlaw biker gang had made the kind of comments that some Islamists have made about women and about uh, the economy and about destroying the world, you would be even more uh, dead set against doing that. But for some reason, the left would like us to believe that the ethnic identity of some of these illegal aliens coming in take precedence over your rights as a U.S. citizen and that you should welcome them into your community, welcome them into your home and be willing to suck up any misery that's associated with it, you know, for the greater good. But in my view, that's just bull. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We're speaking to Dr. James Mitchell. And now you see what I said to you up front. It is always a privilege uh, indeed to have him here for the reasons you're hearing right now. You know, it's one thing to sit there and just rant about the problem, but it's another thing to really understand the problem, my fellow Americans. And now you have better clarity on understanding the problems, uh, but what comes next? Well, how do we fix the problems, right? How do we fix the problems? You know, what we really have here is a runaway government that is completely out of control, that is no longer answering to the people. And so let me explain to you something right now so you understand here a simple fact. And, and this is very important. I'm not saying it's more important than a lot of things you just heard Dr. Mitchell say, but it's damn well important. And that is this. This government I talk about, the people in power, what we're speaking about right now, and I'll be respectful here always, but, you know, these people are, uh, they are just, they, they are the cancer to, to the cause of what ails us at the moment, for sure. And it is a problem is the erosion of our, of our society is happening in real time right this moment. And we see it happening right in front of us. These people are our employees. Think about that, please. They are our employees. They work for us. The United States taxpayer controls every part of these people, these officials and these bureaucrats both alike. You understand? These are employees. That's as simple as you can make it. Think about it in the context of that, please. They're employees to the United States citizens. This is a we the people legislature. They work for us, these bastards. That's how that works right there. And people, they've, we've forgotten that in society here. I mean, I'm sure that our framers are rolling around in their graves right now with understanding where we're at. And now all of a sudden, it's all the rules are out the window and these fat cats are up there controlling the entire, our, you know, our shiny city on a hill as it goes to flames. So, you know, I just think it's good to bring this back in a reality check. That's all. And, I, and I'll say this last point to you, and we'll get back to Dr. Mitchell in just a moment here. But here's the thing. Not only are we in a lull, a lull and I, I see the shining city needs a paint job pretty quick. It's burning down here. But uh, I will say to you right now, the lull we're in right now, or the soft times that make soft men, as Dr. Mitchell says, I can pretty well assure you and I'll, I'll ask him coming back, but I think it's just a matter of time. 
I'm very certain of it. I don't enjoy saying this because I don't play the fear-mongering game. And I am an optimist, you understand. I believe in our country. I believe in our people. I believe in we the people. So it's very difficult for me to have those. But I'm a realist as well. And I believe it is, it is simply a matter of time, people, before we are sucker punched in the gut again and we are bent over backwards and saying, OMG, what happened? Hmm. And what happened indeed, huh? Uh, that's the state of affairs I find ourselves in right now. And, and, you know, the reason I even have this talk with you today is that uh, nobody else is having it. You know, we're, we're now coming to a new year here, 2022. Right. We, we, the, the, the problems are compiled. They're, they're, they're comprehensive and they're, they're just it's a layer and on effect here now. And I think, you know, at that low moment is when the terrorist mind really strikes. So I, I'm just saying, I, I think that's the time we need to be truly, truly concerned. And that's right now at this very, very moment. Now, the other thing we need to be concerned with, you know, we cover a lot of things back at America Out Loud. Clearly, we're all over COVID, as you know, and we have the best minds. I ask you all the time, and by the way, here we are talking here today uh, on the voice of a nation. And, you know, I get out every day and I take my walk. I hope you did the same today. And I, I you know, I remember many of you out there know my wife struggled and suffered badly with COVID. And uh, I had it as well, but she really had it because of that car accident she had before she got it. In, in other words, her immune system was heavily compromised. Thank God we got through that somehow, but there's a lot of people around us who haven't got through that because of this bioweapon that was unleashed onto the world. But the main thing is, it's your immune system. I just got to keep pointing out to you, get out and walk every day, walk several miles. I, I both my wife and I do that every day and we take healthy cell. And that's the point, people. That's the point. You want to, you've got to take care of your body. You've got to take care of yourself, your mind, your body, your spirit, your soul. All those things are most important. So to remind you, healthy cell is just, there's nothing like it. First of all, nutraceuticals comes in gel form. You can take the multi, which is a daily uh, product. It, it's just a, it's a little packet. It's great to travel with, actually, as well. I put mine in a little bit of water. Some people take it right out of the packet. It tastes like black cherry or cherry, whatever it is. And the different products are different flavors to it, but it's really exceptional. And it's got the A, the D, the zinc, the echinacea. A lot of these things are packed into healthy cell. Now, you can get a lot more of that information back at healthycell.com forward slash loud. Uh, all our listeners get 20% off the first order. By the way, you probably may know that. You can click the banner ad as well back at, health, uh, back at America Out Loud. Put you right in a healthy cell and we'll get you the discount. But they have REM sleep, helps you sleep at night. You've got focus. A lot of us, a lot of people had brain fog with COVID that got to a lot of people still struggling. Long COVID is a problem for a lot of folks. COVID syndrome goes on for about a year, year and a half before it really shake those spike proteins the hell out of your body. As long as you not keep putting the vaccines and boosters in it, that'll just prolong the agony, sadly. But that's another story for another day, my fellow Americans. Anyways, get some healthy self for yourself. Feel better. Get out and walk. See the trees. Enjoy. Laugh. Say hello to your neighbor. And praise God, you're alive and well, and uh, we still have a country to fight for. We'll take a pause. We'll be back more with Dr. James Mitchell. You're listening to The Voice of a Nation. I'm excited to talk about a new product from Healthy Cell, AC11. This is a patented bioactive extract of Uncaria tomentosa from the Amazon rainforest. It supports cell DNA repair and health span. 
It's a dietary supplement. I'm excited to try it. Many are interested in longevity and attenuation of senescence. We know that telomere length and other uh, biologic measures are related to senescence in uh, 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 clinical and uh, preclinical studies, particularly of animal models. And I can tell you as a doctor, dietary supplements do hold the promise of attenuating repair and damage in our body due to stress, physical wear and tear, sunlight, etc. And there's a tremendous opportunity for supplements to help us in this area. And so Healthy Cell has brought a product to market for you to try as part of your health portfolio. So please go to HealthyCell.com and in the promotional code, list out loud for 20% off your first purchase of products from Healthy Cell. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Because of COVID-19, many Americans worry about their health four times a day. That's 112 times per month. But by simply keeping our immune system strong, we can stay healthy and put our worries at ease. One little known way to do this is by taking AC11, a patented supplement from a plant in the Amazon rainforest. Studied for over 20 years and backed by over 40 scientific peer-reviewed studies, taking AC11 has been proven to extend the life of immune cells called leukocytes, allowing you to boost immunity naturally. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of AC11. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. Welcome back to the Voice of a Nation. It is Malcolm Outloud here, yours truly. And thank you, as always, my fellow Americans, for being with us on the mission here. Uh, our mission is liberty and justice for all. Now, we're talking today about terrorism, what might happen in the coming years. Uh, I, I just have a sinking feeling, uh, I, a sad state of affairs to report to you. Uh, about, uh, and God knows we don't need uh, another drama, uh, another event, another crisis, another moment in our nation in 2022. And for, and for you know, for once we deserve a moment of, yeah, you know, sure, Americans deserve a reprieve, a moment of, um, you know, to be able to step back and count our blessings, get back to some sort of a normal life that we can raise our families and do the things we need to do to progress and enjoy this beautiful life we've been blessed with. But, you know, we can take nothing for granted as well. So we're talking about some of the insecurities on the border, both the southern and the northern border. Uh, some of those we talk all the time with Mark Gregorian and other executives over at the, um, in the Center for Immigration Studies, one of the best in the nation or the best in the nation, I should say. Always happy to get those guys on to talk to you. But you know, I want to get Dr. James Mitchell on today to talk because he has a mindset that understands the terrorist mind. And, and so... You know, I come back there and I, I referenced earlier on, Dr. Mitchell, about this um, article in uh, Mexico today. Brookings ran a rerun on it. 9-11 on the U.S.-Mexico border. New challenges 20 years later. And, and let me let me just read you this. Just bear with me a moment. I want you to comment on this. And I want listeners to hear this in this uh, article. This was just in September. It's just a few months ago, actually, here, uh, 2021 here. So, And, and it says this. 
For various U.S. politicians, the specter of terrorism across the U.S.-Mexico border, again, they never mentioned the Canadian border, by the way, as I've already stated to you, became a popular drumbeat among his many irresponsible lies. Uh, President Donald Trump, for example, claimed that in 2018, U.S. border authorities stopped nearly 4,000 terrorists along the U.S.-Mexico border. Well, a statement the White House sought to walk back and muddle with claims of government secrecy searching for Hamas and Hezbollah operatives, presumably hiding behind many a rock, cactus bush, and a street corner in Mexico, and liaison with Mexican criminal groups, became a, a chic pseudo-analytic enterprise, if you will. But unlike the tri-border region of Brazil, Argentina, and Paraguay, uh, where the presence and fundraising activities of those jihadist groups have been well-established, no such robust networks have ever been documented in Mexico. We won't get into the cartels and all the organized crime down there, but that's another story, right, people? In fact, it continues on to say, what of the 180 individuals arrested by February 2019 for plotting jihadi terrorist attacks in the U.S., only four, only four were found to have illegally crossed U.S. land borders. Three of them did indeed uh, come into the U.S., across the U.S.-Mexico border. In 1984, when they were five, three, and less than one year old, clearly this radicalization and efforts to plot a terrorist attack in 2007 occurred in the United States. Wow. And it sums up this. Underneath those public exaggerations and myths about the U.S.-Mexico border and terrorism lay intensifying U.S.-Mexico counterterrorism cooperation, the possibility that a terrorist attack could be conducted across the U.S. southern border certainly exists. And its political economic ramifications would be significant, something successive Mexican governments have understood. Well, the piece gets my attention, Dr. Mitchell, for a few different reasons. Naturally, they always called out Trump for speaking the obvious or the truth many times, which obviously was offensive to these people. Uh, and I love when they say, well, there's only four, there's only 40. Like these people, again, checking at ports or let you know, hey, we're here, we're here, you know, come, come see us. You know, I would imagine, again, my guess is back to lone wolves or an organized event. So my guess is they're littered throughout the United States. Uh, in fact, I remember we reported on even jihadist camps in the States here. And what you said back to Sheikh Mohammed and what you had shared with the audience just a bit ago here, they said how they were going to do it. He already gave us the roadmap for God's sake. He gave us the recipe, told us what he was going to do. Nobody's listening. So now they're all over the place here, Jim. I suspect that it is only a matter of time. And I, you know, may it be whether it's a lone wolf or whether it's an organized, more cataclysmic event, I don't know. But I would venture to say in this lull or soft times, soft men, I would say we're ripe to be sucker punched again. And I would not be surprised at all to see something happen in 2022. Do you discount any of that? Do you agree with that? I think that it would be a, an improbability that there would be no terror attacks uh, again especially in 2022. I think there have been a number of incidents where people were, plots were thwarted or, and people felt pled guilty to uh, plots that were thwarted by the FBI and efforts to derail trains, for example, and other sorts of things here in the United States. I think they've done a, several things to try to um, wallpaper over the problem of jihadis. One of the things they've done is they've changed the definition so that a lot of things that we would have seen before as terror attacks are treated as individual crimes carried out by people who have mental health problems instead of jihadists who believe you know, that they are 
inspired by their God and their uh, the Quran to do these sorts of things. And the other thing that, that I think has, has happened is that it's vitally important uh, if what you want to do is bring large numbers of unscreened, undocumented people into the country, that folks not be cognizant that even if it's a very, very, very small percentage of people that are, are coming in with the intent of a, later on establishing some sort of a terror attack or terror plot, um, it's important that you distract them from that because it doesn't take very many people. You know, it's uh, you, you get a handful of folks who want to do lone terror attacks and, you know, they can certainly pull that off. So I would, if I were a betting man, I would bet that there likely is to be plots thwarted and, and, uh, and attacks. Now, whether or not it's going to be some super sophisticated attack, you know, uh, I don't see, I don't see that happening. Uh, it's not as likely, let me just say it the way I would say it. If I were, you know, teaching a class, it's less likely than a lone wolf attack that uses some kind of unsophisticated attack method that's driven and inspired by, uh, ISIS or Al Qaeda or Salafist ideology that I would put money on whether or not they're going to be able to pull off some super sophisticated attack and make a great big smoking hole in the middle of one of our cities, that seems less likely to me. Well, maybe that's the case, but I mean, I'm guessing they, these cats are studying and pretty well advanced now in chemical weapons and advancements that you could easily uh, terrorize uh, large communities and cities and uh, large uh, paths of land based on releasing those into all kinds of things. I mean, I always yeah, both, think about that. Yeah? Both Al-Qaeda and ISIS were trying to develop chemical and biological weapons. And now that the Taliban are back into control of Afghanistan, they pretty much have a free hand to go back into that sort of what they consider to be research. The One of the problems I think that uh, we face as Americans is that when our scientists look at what these folks are trying to do, it doesn't look very sophisticated and it doesn't look particularly dangerous compared to state actors, you know, like China or Russia or someone else who might be focused on producing some kind of bioweapon or some sort of chemical weapon. But these folks are absolutely intent on doing that. There's a small number of people. They have a diversity of funds. What most people don't realize is that you know, if you, when you make a donation to an Islamic foundation, if you are a Salafist in belief, meaning a fundamentalist and Islamist uh, of the sort that ISIS and Al Qaeda is, a certain percentage of that has to go to the jihad. And so they'll spread that out to uh, pay their fighters. And at the same time, they'll spread that out to try to develop methods uh, to, um, get past our security and to, and to create as much uh, death and destruction as possible. Because their goal is really to intimidate Americans into abandoning our way of life and accepting their views. Of, you know, it's convert uh, or be slaughtered or enslaved. I mean, those are the three things. And so what they think they can do is intimidate us into allowing them to exist in our midst and acting slowly, slowly, slowly acting uh, in ways that are more and more consistent with Sharia law, just to avoid the conflict and to be politically correct. And then at some point, 
you know, try to enforce that either by getting people into Congress, as you've seen that sort of thing happening, or, or by doing other sorts of things like the use of violence within cities and within areas where police won't go, like you've seen in some sections of Europe. So I think it is a, it is a problem. And at some point, we should have a short discussion about what Americans need to do to try to stop that from happening. Well, I want to talk about that, but let me ask you this question first. Scientifically and psychologically, I'm thinking here as you're saying what you're saying, don't you think that this COVID uh, pandemic exercise we've gone through here and what's taken place and the way people have uh, uh, dealt with this COVID thing uh, I would imagine they have been really paying attention to how that has uh, um, transformed our society. Uh, don't you think, Dr. Mitchell? Well, it reminds me, really, uh, the notion that they were paying attention reminds me of what Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, the mastermind of 9-11, told us about those folks who were the Beltway snipers in D.C. You know, what he said is that he saw that a single sniper, uh, two people working together, but one person shooting, was able to shut down most of the area around Washington, D.C., and that there was an economy of scale that's associated with that. So if I were a bad guy and I was watching what was happening, I would realize that I can actually almost shut down most of the economy with a relatively minor uh, effort. You know, you don't have to produce a full on nuclear weapon to set off some sort of a small radiological device, which is basically harmless uh, on the surface in one of our cities, but the psychological impact of that would be immense because what they want you to believe is that they can reach out and touch you and there's nothing you can do about it. That's it. That's exactly it. That's the warning sign right there. All right. Let's take now these next many minutes here and let me just, uh, let's talk about what we can do. Okay. So we've got a new year here uh, in front of us in 2022. Uh, we understand the, the challenges, the problems uh, as great as they may be. What are some of the things we can do here at home and, and how do we, uh, how, how do we prepare ourselves for this uh, uncommon uh, um, catastrophe that I think is uh, looming out there? What can we do? Well, in my view, the first thing we need to do is teach our children American values and not let other people teach them values that are counter to that or that make them victims. You know, people forget, and this I know I'm going to get a lot of haters that say this, but when people talk about Nelson Mandela, they forget that he belonged to the organization that used to put burning tires around people's necks. You know, it, it is the case that we have a tendency to forget the horrors of that other people have imposed in the past. And so what we need, not saying that he was responsible for that, but he was part of that same organization. My, my point here is that we need to not surrender our bill, our bill of Rights. We need to not surrender our freedom of speech by using pronouns that are ridiculous or allowing them to teach strange and inappropriate notions like there are no sexes, you know, that, uh, that men can have babies. They can't have babies. That's retarded. You know, that uh, men who, uh, who don't even go through the process of getting their genitals removed and doing hormone therapy are women who should be allowed in the ladies' bathrooms or to compete against real women in Olympic sports and other sports. We need to push back against all of that stuff. 
We need to not let people cartel our freedom of speech. You, you know, my freedom of speech ensures that I get to say things you don't like, and you get to say things because of your freedom of speech that I don't like. I'm under no obligation to please anybody, and you're no, under no obligation to please me, and you shouldn't have the right to shut me up just because you don't like my ideas. That's one of the founding principles of the United States. Now, the bad guys would say, yeah, 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 that's why we need to embrace Islamic ideology because we have freedom of speech and freedom of religion, but you can't say anything about it because if you criticize it, well, that's hate speech and Islamophobic. And I say that's bullshit, you know? So I don't think we should put up with being attacked by as, as bigoted and, and uh, intolerant. I think comedians should be allowed to be comedians. You know, I think we have to realize that freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, you know, the, the uh, freedom to pursue our interests, we can't, willingly give that up. And that starts with not electing people in our community who have values that are not consistent with how you want to live. If you, you, it's important from the dog catcher all the way up to the governor of a state that you vote for people and judges and representatives and tax collectors and all of those folks who have values that are consistent with you know, with the, with, the, with the standard American values. And then, and then we have to vote those people out of office who are essentially undermining uh, America so that they can amass wealth and power. You know, and Nancy Pelosi just bought a house in Miami, according to the newspapers. She's ruined the place that she lives, and now she wants to move to another place that has lower taxes and a cleaner environment. If she, it, and this is the stupid or liar part of the thing. Not long ago, they were screaming about how climate change was going to raise the sea level in Miami and all the coast would be underwater. If they believed that, you wouldn't buy a $28 million or $10 million or whatever it was house on the coast in Miami. It's, they think that you're too stupid or too indifferent because they've distracted us with this COVID notion to pay attention to what they're doing. They're using that as a lever to control our civil rights. And I think we should push back against it in every sense that we can. It's always a privilege to talk to Dr. James Mitchell. You have a sense now, uh, my fellow Americans, uh, really what we're up against here. Uh, I mean, you, you heard the warnings here now, and, uh, and, it, and it's beyond just talking about immigration and border security and what have you. It goes deeper than that, but surely that's a starting point, our southern and northern borders both. Uh, and the uh, the inept policies that are being put forward from both sides of the aisle, by the way, that haven't solved these problems. Uh, and uh, here we are. Now we're really sitting ducks uh, in a way that uh, I'm not comfortable with. And, and I believe there will be that lull or soft men for soft times is right in front of us here. Friends, thank you for being part of the mission here. We'll see you back at AmericaOutloud.com. Remember, it's time to get involved and get loud. <laughs>